You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast 327. I am Tim Robertson, back and joined by David Cohen. Hey, thanks for uh, for doing the solo last week. I, I've only got halfway through it because we posted it Wednesday night, and yeah, I listened sorry to about that. half like, of it. Because I recorded it last Friday when we normally record. But um, I was really sick over the weekend, and I just could not face doing it. So um, then I had to squeeze it around work. So um, I, I I would have preferred to get it out much much earlier, but I did it. So anyway, nice job. I, like I said, I only got about halfway through it. I got through your OWC read, and then I arrived at work. So right, okay. And then I was gonna I was planning to listen to it the rest of it on the way home, but I had a customer call my cell phone number, and I talked to him almost all the way to my driveway. That's a thirty five mile yeah. drive. So. Yep. Well, those cars aren't going to sell themselves. No, 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 they're not. I did. Uh, I did get salesman of the month last month, though November. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. So I got. There's one guy there that's been there almost ten years. I mean, yeah. it's hard to beat a guy that's been there that long because he's selling some people their third car at this point. He's got a huge right. network of customers. Every customer for me is a brand new customer. Yeah, uh, I haven't been there long enough to have a stable of customers. You know. And uh, I've got them a quarter of the time this year, so I'm I'm happy about that. So, what happens when you get um, employee of the, or salesman of the month? Do you get your picture on the wall? Yeah, yeah. Um, and mine is a joke picture. <laughs> what? Um, what, what does that mean? Is it you in a clown suit? Uh, uh, it's a headshot, and usually it's the All one right. they use you on your business card or something like yeah. that. But uh, another guy there and I were joking around last year. And my manager had put body side molding on a car that, you, yeah, just no. Mm-hmm. So, as a joke, I knelt in front of the car, pointed at the body side molding, and made the worst looking, disgusted face that you could possibly. It looked like someone passed gas, and that was my reaction. Oh, I've seen, I've seen so, you do that face yeah, yeah. before. So they blew up. The guy blew up that picture and slid it in front of the one, my regular I- photo. And I and I insist that's the one they use now. <laughs> Have you had any customers comment on that? It's not viewable by customers where it's at. Uh, it kind of is, but not really. Okay, what about the statue in the uh, in the front yard of the thing? I'll take it the customers can see that of you. Yeah, and and it's 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 uncomfortable because I still work there and it's a nude bronze statue. <laughs> Yeah, but art is art, man. But yeah, I mean, but it was a really cool day. Classical, you've got to do it like that. Yeah, but it was a really cool day, the day that they sculpted it, you know. And Yeah, that's right. It's not sure. flattering. <laughs> so anyways. Anyways. Uh, um, I think it's going to be a fun wiki trolling later in the show. We're going to talk about Netscape. Cool. Yeah. Blast from the past. I, I kind of forgot what had happened with Netscape, to be honest. Oh, so and, much drama. Oh, good Lord. Well, that's kind of our world, even going yeah. back till you know, then. But let's start with um, this thing that you posted. Uh-huh. So, Deeper Minds AI, which is Google, correct? Google, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Needs a mere four hours to become a chess master. This is. I read this, and I I kind of had to check the date because I thought it was almost like a joke. I thought maybe an old April Fools had come up. So, uh, one of the classical tests for um, AI used to be making chess programs, right? Um, and the you know in the seventies and the eighties there was loads of kind of big uh, things, and it was a big deal when the first time a computer program beat a grandmaster at chess. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of less of a standby nowadays because a lot of people kind of came to realize that the way computers do chess is not the way humans do chess um, or not, not really the same way that humans do chess because basically all they do is they they process every possible move outcome, so hundreds of thousands of moves in advance, and then they decide a strategy based on that. And that's not really how a grandmaster works. No. A grandmaster kind of is doing that, but they're doing other things as well. So uh, kind of chess programs came, fell out of vogue, but now um, it's become back into AI because the difference is now they don't teach the AI how to play chess. <laughs> and this is what they did here. Um, Google created this um, this uh, uh, thing called AlphaGo, 
that that um, played the Japanese game Go, and it did very very well, and it started beating professionals uh, at Go after a, a few days of playing, of learning how to play itself, and then then started playing them. So they did the same thing with chess, uh, and basically this version Alpha Zero, yeah, um, spent four hours. Uh, learning how to play chess. So they gave it chess and it kind of played itself and learned the rules of chess just by playing itself. So it wasn't taught, it wasn't influenced by the strategies of grandmasters or anything like that. It just basically taught itself. They, but I, I'd imagine they just programmed in the, the rules of chess and then they just had it play chess against itself. After four hours, it goes, right, I'm ready. Uh, and <laughs> then it became a world beating chess program. Um, and was able to uh, become a world-class competitor in less than a day. It's funny so, you you put this in here because I played chess back in elementary school, and uh, I was pretty good at it. Um, I won a championship in my school, and then I won the same thing in the city against all the other schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then after that, I mean, I was into cars and girls, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't care about chess. I still don't really care about chess, to be honest. It's it's kind of boring to me. Um, but that's not to say I don't know how to play. Well, Brooke got into a chess club a few years ago and did very yeah. well, and now she's taught Cole how to play. So I come home from work one day. I'm tired, and they want to play me in chess. <laughs> yeah, and they're being very cocky about it. Yeah, I mean, cocky. So yeah. I thought to myself, okay, usually when I play board games with them, you got a, a little bit of give and take. You got to let them win a couple. And yeah. But they were so cocky. I thought, all right, I haven't played in probably a decade or more. I, I'll play them. So I sat yeah. down with Brooke, and I beat her in probably 25 moves. Mm-hmm. And then with, with Brooke's whole thing, it's attack, attack, attack. And she's like, ah. She's yeah. not used to that. She's more used to the conservative play the, the the other students do. And I just go all in. But with Cole, it was even easier because I knew every single thing he would do would be a reaction to what I'm doing. He would yeah. have no strategy. He would just try to figure out what I'm doing and try to counter it. And I, so I beat him in like 12 moves. So this time, Brooke said, I'm going to try my hardest. Right. And... There's I can't I don't know the name of the the thing, but you can basically beat someone in like five moves, six moves, if right. they don't move one certain pawn, and if they don't, you can. It's a queen bishop thing. Yeah. Um. And so I beat her with that one because I knew she had never seen it, and they were both very discouraged to want to play me again. Yeah. Some sometimes dad great parenting there. Well done. So, sometimes dad just has to put the smack down and go see. Yeah. Stop talking cocky. I know what I'm doing on this. Well, so so in, in this circumstance, Alpha Zero, this uh, Google program was was playing the current world champion chess program, Stockfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so and this is this is going to be kind of a similar sort of thing. Obviously, a chess program can't be can't be cocky, but I guess everyone imagined that that the uh, self taught AI would take a few before it before it started winning if it one at all and instead it just you know the first time around they played 100 games and it it won 32 uh, it drew 47 something like that basically it was a fairly comprehensive defeat of the uh, of the world world champion chess program hmm. which is play, which is playing the traditional way right. now there was some debate about processor speed and um you know the the whether whether it was fair that the uh, world champion chess program didn't have a an opening book uh, to itself or not um but i mean you know you know you can't get away from the the fact that this basically teach taught itself how to win at chess um against itself and then went and bought uh, went and beat a class leading competitor um, I mean, uh, this, I was reading this. I'm thinking, well, how far are we away from Skynet here? <laughs> I know it's a, a narrow category, but you know, I, I it, it stuns me that this this is possible. It is crazy. Yeah, we uh, we are definitely we are living in the future. Speaking of living in the future, uh, I got a new 
speaker for an Amazon review. Mm-hmm. Um, came maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I don't even know if it's been that long, to be honest. Uh, Is I've, this another one of these ten foot party jobs no, like you had before? Thank God it's not. No, this is a desktop Bluetooth speaker. Well, let me back up. It's a desktop speaker from Bang and Olson B and O, and it's called the B and O Play. And it's I don't know if it's Bluetooth or not. I don't think it is. It doesn't say it's wireless. Yeah. It says it's wireless, but it doesn't yeah. say it's Bluetooth. So what you do is you download this app. This thing costs three hundred bucks, right? Two ninety nine on Prime. Um, you download this app to your phone and then you, you, it sees the speaker, it joins the Wi-Fi network, and then you can give it one of three different, um, audio profiles. So it's either freestanding on a desk, it's against a wall or it's in a corner and it changes the acoustics depending on placement and what you select in the app. So I've got mine on basically freestanding on a desk. Yeah. And it sounds really, really decent. It still doesn't sound as good, however, as my Altic Lansing computer speakers that I've had for a decade. Right. Which is a little disappointing, to be honest. But, okay, it is what it is. But it sounds good. I I, I don't want to take away from the fact that it, it does sound good. And so I put it on a shelf behind me in my office. And I was going to play music from that so it would come up behind me and i realized that itunes supports multiple speakers over your local wi-fi that's right and so and you can set different volumes so with that playing behind me and the altic lansings in front of me it's an amazing sound in this office i mean it sounds so good it, you got to tweak it almost for every song because some songs are a little stronger than others but yeah. generally, I have the one in the back at about forty, well, thirty-five to forty percent volume. If the ones in the fronts are at sixty to seventy-five percent, and just the acoustics and the way it feel, fills the room wirelessly for that one, the the Altic Lansings are not wireless. But man, it sounds good using iTunes. So yeah, I think. Just looking at us, I think it's it's almost like a combination of a Bluetooth and AirPlay speaker in that it's using it's using Wi-Fi as well as Bluetooth, which I presume they've done because they can get better sound over Wi-Fi than they can with Bluetooth. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Now it's interesting you you brought this up. I used to work when I was um when I was a student. I used to work at a Bang and Olufsen dealer. Did you really? Yeah, and um, you know they I I always loved B and O stuff because. It's it's always it's expensive. It, it's I mean, for a long time, a long long time ago, it was like kind of like the Apple of Hi-Fi. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people would go, oh yeah, it's not really quite as good as as what you have to pay for it. It's always impeccably designed, uh, and you know, most people are, are blown away by it. Um, I remember when we we this store I worked in, it, it, it was it, we sold TVs and stuff in there as well. So we sold a lot of Sony, a lot of. Um, jvc and stuff like that and, and then we had half of the showroom was devoted to bang and olufsen equipment tvs hi-fis and everything i remember i, I if, if nobody else was in the store i would put um losing my religion by rem on oh, these. Yeah. They, we, we had these we had this hi-fi bang and olufsen hi-fi and it had these speakers they were about six feet tall and they were just like columns oh I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, I tell you, those were the bomb. And yeah, you, and, and the other thing with being okay, you could turn it up loud and the stuff would not distort. Right. So I would crank that, get that song up, and it, yeah, it would be, I'd be having a good time. It was, it was amazing. So I've always had a soft spot for Bang & Olufsen and stuff. The only downside to my setup is that when you hit play, there is a pause. It's not... It's not yeah. immediate music playing because it has to sync the audio wirelessly as well as the wired ones. So, because you can't have any phase difference between the sound, otherwise it's it's yeah, completely it's garbage. So there's always a I hit pause one two then it goes. Yeah. So that it, that's a small little minor nothing. And it, by the way, it doesn't work in movies. So if I go and play a movie in iTunes, it does not use 
multiple speakers like that. It only uses yeah whatever the output I, is. I think well, those are all limitations of the AirPlay protocol that, yeah. that you're using there. Um, and and that that delay. What well, back back when I used I used to have a, an AirPort Express in my kitchen that I had a, a set of wired speakers connected to, and I used to play podcasts and music through that. And it was exactly the same there. You'd hit play, and there would be that pause of about two and a half three seconds yep. before I now there is no so, de- delay when you hit pause. No, I mean that's in- no. It's just it's just the initial setup, isn't yep. it? Yep. Yep. I, I presume what's happening is that effectively the the endpoint is buffering the sound so that. Well, it's got to. You know, so- it's got to. But then iTunes is going to control if you've also got another pair plugged in, uh, the phase shift. Yeah. Because it's never. Let's be honest. It's never going to be a hundred percent in sync. But the human ear can't hear, you know, microseconds difference. I I, um, I wish you could manually uh, do the phase difference. Cause, I know. Uh, That'd be I, awesome. I, I like, I remember, you remember that episode of The Simpsons when they went to the, the county fair? No. And they, they were kind of – they were simulating the uh, the way the PA works in those places where, you know, everything is is repeated about three or four times because of the phase difference of the of the public address. So, you know, Bart, Bart goes like, come on, join. Come on, go on the, the roller coaster, a coaster, a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a fun thing I'm playing with right now. And yeah. it, uh, I think it might be a keeper. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, three, I'm, 300 I'm a, bucks. Um, yeah. It's not cheap, but no. that's something is, there's plenty of things we've, we've looked at, which have been that sort of price and not been very good. So yeah, <laughs> it's refreshing to get one that's, that's more premium price, but actually does work well. I, I do have another one. And I believe I talked about that Magnavox speaker, that little Bluetooth one. I ended up giving that to Brooke, and she uses it. And I, I got to be honest, that has really good sound too. It's been a probably three or four months since I talked about it, but I'm still impressed with that one. Those are probably yeah. the two recent ones that I was the most impressed with. And uh, yeah, I've I've always had a hankering to get one of those um, little Bose sound links. Yeah. The uh, the little speakers they do because those sound really really good as well. But I've got to be honest, I don't. I don't use speakers very much anymore. The, the, the speaker, either. the speaker on my iPhone is good enough that uh, well, certainly for podcasts, I could just use that all the time, and I just tend to do that. Even if I'm in a hotel room or something, it can fill the room. Yeah, but that's not what I'm looking at these for. It, it is no, to no, play music. No, no. I wouldn't play music on it, but uh, I guess that's just a uh, reflection of what I'm doing with the uh, with the iPhone most of the time. Yeah, I, I was actually expecting the audio quality. To be a little bit better than it is. And I can't put my finger on... Obviously, it's going to have different acoustics than what I'm used to. But I don't know. It's just... For $300, I would expect a little bit more. I'm probably going to give it a 4 out of 5, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the build quality I, I think, is fantastic. I think the, the problem is the, the the limitations of the enclosure are always going to get you on something like this. This, Looking at the, the pictures here, it, it looks like, what is it, about the size of an Amazon Echo? Maybe yeah, a little bit a little bigger. Bit bigger. Yeah. yeah, so there's only so much you can do with, with a single speaker that sort of size in terms of... Well, we'll see when Apple comes yeah. out with theirs next year. <laughs> next year was meant to be this year. Wow. Uh, I think the, it doesn't sound good, the fact it's been delayed. I tell you that that Bo Play A nine looks kind of interesting. That big round thing. Yeah. Scroll down. That looks um, kind of interesting. I, I, I the problem with that is that um, uh, so this thing it basically it was also like a kids kids chalk easel. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I imagine if I had one in my house, then somebody would stick a pin in it and put a note on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's probably about exactly what would happen. <laughs> looks interesting though. Yeah. I would like to hear yeah. just to hear what it sounds like. Uh, but well, I'm not looking for free things. $2,700 and it's yours. Yeah, I know. If they want a review, they can send it my way. It works. It does work with Amazon Alexa. Oh, so. <laughs> so let's... Uh, I've got another little thing before we get to our uh, our sponsor read. Okay. Now, I, I know you're Jewish. Uh, I'm am nothing. I, am I? I think, oh, Am I really? Not really, but... I didn't know. <laughs> not, you're not really. I mean, you know. Um, I'm I'm really nothing, but we obviously celebrate Christmas here. 
It, it is one of my favorite holidays, if not my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving ranks up there, though. I like that. But I like the Christmas season. Uh, not for the religious parts of it. I like the celebration, the family, and the giving gifts. And obviously, yeah. it was a, as a kid, I liked getting gifts. And as an adult, I like giving gifts to the kids. And eventually, hopefully, grandkids. And I like the lights. I like I like the displays. We've got lights outside wrapped around pillars and on the porch and all that. And they're lit up all night long. And, of course, we have a Christmas tree. And mm-hmm. we bought our Christmas tree, I'm going to say two years ago. And it has built-in lights, and it rotates slowly in a circle, right? Cool. So it's cool. I like it. Yeah. We used to get real ones, but they're a pain in the butt. They just are. You find the needles months later when they jab between your toe and your toenail. That's that's a good way to wake up in the morning. Um, you know, it's like a friggin' little sharp razor blade almost. It's just horrible. So it's called a needle for a reason. Well, yeah. And yeah, our, does ours look like a real Christmas tree? I don't know. I, I, who cares? It's cool looking. That's all I care about. So I get it all set up and it literally takes five minutes to get it set up. If that, I mean, you, you put the legs on, you slap three pieces together, you plug it in, it starts spinning in a circle and the lights come on, except half my lights didn't work. Now on a traditional strand of Christmas lights, the way to fix this is to pinpoint which bulb has gone out, which is usually the first one that's not working. Replace that bulb. And then the rest of the string comes on unless there's another bulb that also went bad. Burnt out bulbs on a Christmas string is so it, it it's maddening. It, it's just it's one of the worst parts of decorating. I hate it. I would rather just go buy a whole new string of lights than try to track down which one of these stupid little bulbs are burned out. Right? I hate it. Right. Except here's the problem: it's in the Christmas tree. And ah, oh, so you can't remove them on this. No, you can remove the bulbs just fine, but you don't know wh- which one is the first bulb in the string because they come uh, out from inside right. this. It's just the bulb sticking out. So okay, there's you can't no way. remove, but you can't remove the string. You can't remove the string. It's built into the tree. Oh, okay. So okay. how do you how do you number one figure out which one of the bulbs are burned out, and number two. Um, no, that's it. You just how do you how do you know which one is the one causing the problem? Well, can you just replace all of them? Yeah, sure. If I want to spend four hours doing it, and my fingers are going to be bleeding at the end, so I there had to be a better way. There just had to yeah. be. So I went down to the local hardware store, and I've seen that my idea was I'll go get like a little bulb tester thing, right? Yeah. And so you pull out the bulb, you put it in the tester, and it. It lights up or it doesn't. If that doesn't light up, well, that's the one. But it's still each one I got to take out, put it in, put it back, take it out, put. It's just, ugh, it's not. And fun. The problem, I, the problem, I guess, with Christmas tree light bulbs is that they're not exactly robust anyway. That's why they burn out. So every time you're taking them in and out, you run the risk of actually breaking another one and making a problem worse. Right. And see what happens is the defective bulb it shunts the electricity, so it's not following the path. Right. Yeah. So I get to the hardware store and they got this thing. It's called Lightkeeper Pro. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes because if you if this is a the bane of your existence like it has been for mine, you're going to want this. So uh, you know what? I mean, before you get into it, I'm glad that you're giving this thing kind of some positive props cuz really it the, this is the cheesiest, nastiest looking website I've seen in a while. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it really looks like it's, you know it's this terrible. is a scam. Yeah, it does. It looks like a scam. It looks like I'm not buying that. Now, <laughs> it, it's twenty bucks, right? And it comes with a battery. I don't know what the battery is. I didn't open it, but it it, it has a battery. So, and this is what it says: how le- how Lightkeeper Pro works. Defective defective bulbs shunts cause most light set failures. Simply plug your Lightkeeper Pro into the light set and pull the trigger. The Lightkeeper Pro sends a pulse through the light set, finds the bad bulbs, and fixes the shunt, allowing the light set to work properly. I 
Well, this, <laughs> I mean, even the description, that just sounds like uh, bull hockey. Exactly. <laughs> it magically goes through the lights, finds the bad thing, and fixes it remotely. It sounds like this is not going to work. Right. It's like, how is it going to yeah. fix a bad bulb? That doesn't make any sense at all. So this is what you do, and this is what I did, and I'll tell you the results. So okay. I go up to my tree, and I pull out one of the bulbs that's not lit. Now, the end where the, the, the bulb actually, the socket, you then plug that into this little toy gun-looking thing. Right. And the directions say, pull the trigger like 10 times. So obviously, I'm a fairly intelligent guy. It's going to send power from the battery, I guess, through the system. And it's going to maybe, the only thing I could think of, it's going to figure out which one and then bypass it somehow. Or it fuses the light together so it just works. I don't know. But I was dubious. I kept my receipt. I'm taking this stupid thing back. Yeah. I get to click number seven and the lights come on. Wow. As soon as I unplug this Lightkeeper Pro, the lights go off. I put the bulb back in there. That bulb actually was fine. It lights up and the rest of the string lights up. Except so did it, you find the do you find did you find a duff bulb at all? No. That's why I don't understand. I don't I don't know what it did. I don't know how it no, I take that back. I know what it did. I I just have no idea how it did it. Does it does it smell of brimstone or anything? Well, the presents are caught on fire, but other than that, I mean... You know, did did the devil appear and ask for your soul? Because <laughs> this sounds like dark magic. It, it does sound like dark. It, but it's got a voltage detector as well. So if yeah. it doesn't work, you can literally take the voltage detector, go down the line and see where the power is not going anymore, and there's your bad bulb. I don't understand how this works. I really, really don't. I don't get it. It's like, it's dark, ma it, this is, it should have a Harry Potter logo on here. Exactly. This, should, this comes from Hogwarts. Did you, did you, did you have to point to the lights and go, Luminos? Yeah, a freaking owl actually went to the store and got it for me and delivered it. Wow, this is amazing. I can say it's a shame that the, the thing is marketed and badged up in such a cheesy way because it, it really looks like the very worst of those, you know, only nineteen ninety nine. buy now and you'll get a free gift type things, you know. Um, and obviously this, this really does well. And there must be lots of people. You know what? Um, every year at Christmas, the, the British Fire Brigades all – uh, send out these these really frightening videos about people who've had their houses torched by defective Christmas tree lights. Um, and I, I've got to be honest, I thought everyone had moved to LED lights. Now, I didn't realize that these, you know, the old-style Christmas tree lights were still a thing. Well, they're so much cheaper. I mean, the LED ones are, for a string of 100, the LED ones are like 10 bucks, And I can get yeah. a string of these for a dollar. I yeah. mean... And and that's what's in the Christmas tree too. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I, this thing, this thing is amazing. I I, yeah. I don't know how it works. I I hate to even point anyone at this godforsaken website <laughs> because it's just it's people. It's literally purple and yellow. Come on, it's yeah, it, it's horrible. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, it freaking is, works. Yeah. How does um, I don't understand how it works. I really don't. So, uh, so I'm looking at where this. The, the, they are in all the big stores. So, um, Walmart, Target. Um, they should be. It works. Amazon. Um, you know, Kmart. All of those sorts of places. So, yeah. Six, Sixty you, minutes you, needs to do a spot on this. This is yeah, dark magic. Absolutely, yeah, and um, and you know, probably a little bit of background research to find out the alien technology has been used to make this thing right. work, you know? It, this thing that sounds like it came straight out of Area 51. Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same thing. Funny. <laughs> so I'm going to pause this for one second so I can hit the save button, and uh, let's talk about our sponsor. So it doesn't really matter, David, if um, what religion you are, what celebrations you partake in. This time of the year is the time to save a lot of money, right? <laughs> If you don't celebrate Christmas, you can still take advantage of the savings that's everywhere right now. Yeah, that's the spending and the saving. That's this time of the year. And yeah. our 
sponsor of the World Computing, MaxSales.com, has their uh, holiday stocking stuffers doorbusters sale going on right now. And this is going to be a sale for a couple weeks. Now, some of the products I might mention might not last. So if there's something in here that sounds good to you, jump on it, including they've got a mid-2017 MacBook Pro. Uh, you're going to save a couple hundred bucks over a brand new one. Yeah. It's it's actually well, this this is, is a brand new it one. is a brand new one. And it's fourteen ninety eight yeah. instead of what? Sixteen ninety bucks. Yeah. I'll take a I'll take two hundred bucks off. Nah, it's good spec as well. Mm -hmm. uh, sixteen gig RAM, um two fifty six gig flash. Although I do uh, say that the one you talked about last week is a better machine all around. Yeah, the um the, the pre the pre touch bar exactly uh, fifteen inch and thirteen inch pros. Yep. Yep, that's a yep. better machine. But what's funny is the the mid twenty seventeen brand new one is fourteen ninety eight. Right below it is the early twenty fifteen for fifteen forty eight. Yeah, that's a that's, better machine. Um, that's market forces there for you. Yeah, uh, those those things are more in demand. And that one's a brand new one as well. Yeah. So OWC has a ton of products that if you're looking for a tech gift if you will even if the gift is for yourself david this is going to be a good link i'm going to put it in the show notes and i'll put it under uh holiday stocking stuffers link and check it out there's some just really really good stuff here my one of my favorite things is uh is 32 off the owc uh thunderbolt 2 usb 3 drive dock that's a it's yeah. Two enclosure. It's well. It's not an enclosure. You slide your bare hard drive right to the top of it. I use mine every single day. That is that's my external storage. And yeah, one the, side the funny always, thing about yeah, go ahead. The funny thing about that sort of product is um, kind of interchangeable drive drive arrays used to be a big thing you know they the, there was original obviously originally those things like the zip drive but then i am a whole load of other companies did these things where basically the guts of a hard drive would slide in and out of a caddy yeah. but they were all proprietary you had to buy the special drives and um they've all kind of gone away now because basically with sata it's just as easy to do it with the real bare drives using one of these yes and i you know when i worked at owc and i would be at um shows showing this thing i can't tell you how many people i got excited about it. now if you don't have thunderbolt or you don't need a, a thunderbolt 2 connection in one and, and to be honest i have the one that's not thunderbolt i have the usb 3 one because for what i'm doing i i don't need thunderbolt 2 US, so, yeah for most people usb 3 is just exactly. as fast they yeah, have that one for 68 bucks i mean that that's crazy. That is so cheap. Yeah. So I love it. One of my drives always pretty much stays in. It's my uh, my media center. It's where all my movies and all that stuff is. And the other one, I rotate my backup drives into. So one drive is for my photos. One is for my music. One is a backup of the media, and another one is basically a carbon copy clone of my entire hard drive. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm not unplugging another drive or I'm not leaving something plugged in all the time. And it just works. And it's relatively not a large unit. And you can power those two drives separately. You can turn them on and off. So it's got dual power supply in it. It just works. It's really good. Check it out. If you're looking to save some money uh, this holiday season, OWC's Holiday Stocking Stuffers. Before we I get, just one, go, yeah, yeah. just one other thing because this is, I view this as a public service announcement. This this next one, okay. Um, ordinarily, I would have shelved this to the next show, but I think this is worth saying now. I'm looking through this list. They have genuine Apple MagSafe power supplies on here. Yes. Yeah, H5 and 60 watts. So whatever, basically, any MacBook or, or MacBook Pro that's been sold by Apple since 2005, they have genuine power supplies here at. at Round about half what what you pay Apple for. Yep. Now, normally when you need a new power supply for your laptop, you buy a laptop off eBay or something. It doesn't come with a power supply. You go and you buy a cheap power supply from eBay. Don't do that. These things, 
most of the time they're okay. Every now and again, you get one that's a death trap. And, and yeah, it will just like the Christmas tree lights, it will burst into flames and kill you. Yes. Yeah. Always, I always recommend to people spend the money and buy a genuine Apple power supply. You can buy these at half price, $43. Yeah. If you need an extra power supply for your laptop, go and buy one of these from OWC a genuine now, Apple one. Rather than a cheap eBay one. Yep. So, I'm hesitant right now. I, I want to get to our wiki trolling on Netscape. Yeah. But I really kind of want to talk about Justice League. Mm, yes. So let's do, let's do that briefly. Let's do that briefly. So those who have not seen Justice League and are planning on seeing it, and you don't want any spoilers, we're about to spoil stuff. So, uh, You know what? I find it hard to believe that anybody who's remotely interested in Justice League has not heard the spoilers by now. I agree, but I still want to do the courtesy of our listeners and say we're yeah. this is spoilers. Okay. So uh, I know you watched it. I've watched it. My short review, David, is... It was fun. Yeah. With major problems, but I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I would say it was adequate. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was not unenjoyable. Um, I, would I go as far as saying it was good? Well, can, only in comparison to what some of what's come before. And that's the problem. Um, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would say it was, it was just decent. Kind of, uh, it was. Adequate. Yeah. And I would here, I, in terms of superhero movies, I'd rate it slightly better than, say, maybe something Iron like Man Green Lantern. Two. But, <laughs> no, but that's not, no. that's fake praise, yeah. really. Um, here's the problem with both of our reviews this is the Justice League. This is Avengers yeah. level quality. Holy crap. I've got DC's biggest superheroes. Arguably the most popular superheroes on the planet 10 years ago, forever until about five years ago, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking Wonder Woman, The Flash, Cyborg doesn't belong in there. It should have been, it should have been Green Lantern, um, mm-hmm. Batman, Superman. I mean, what more could you want? Well, yep. this is what happens when a company... I don't want to say studio, I want to say company, has no idea what the hell they're doing. They just simply don't know what they're doing. And they're trying to rush through a process that their competition took, you know, seven years to get to. And continuing. And continuing to change what those movies are. So, as a comparison, two weeks before, Thor 3 comes out. Thor. Now, if we can go back 11 years before the first Iron Man movie came out, right? And we said in 2017, you're going to have two movies that are going to come out the same month. One is Thor 3, and one is the first Justice League movie. Which one are you going to look forward to seeing the most? 100% everyone's going to say Justice League. There's no, of course... Even hardcore Thor fans would be like, answer that question is like, well, yeah, Thor would be great, but Justice League? Yeah. And then I'm going to say, okay, the Justice League, substitute Green Lantern for Cyborg, which is fine. But, and they're going to go against a big baddie in the DCU. And it's going to be fights galore and all kinds of special effects. It's going to be cool. What's, what's, uh, uh, it sounds good, but what, uh, well, tell me, if this is the third Thor movie? Yep. So what is that? Well, it's kind of like a buddy movie in space, and it's him and the Hulk. Wait, it's, wait, it's the Hulk and Thor, but they're in space. space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know that really lame Grandmaster dude? It, he's like the big baddie, but kind of. But it's the whole thing. It's, it's kind of a comedy, but not really, but it is. You're like, well, yeah. I think i'm gonna go with justice league i mean it's batman superman the flash wonder woman and thor is a thousand times better yeah it's not even close how is that possible david the problem is the problem that justice league faces is i thought it was 
it it really didn't compare that well compared to even like the Justice League cartoons series. Oh no, I no, I I to be fair, the Justice League cartoons and Justice League Unlimited is probably the very best DC has ever done. Yeah, but with those it's characters. Still- it's still cartoon, and there is an expectation that when you go live action versus cartoon, the the production values of a cartoon versus a three hundred million dollar movie, absolutely, going to knock right. it out of the park. Yeah, but <laughs> and it but to be fair to Justice League cartoon, and if you've never seen it, this was what fifteen years ago at this point, ten yeah. years ago. Um, they dealt with very mature themes. None of it was over the top cartoony. Uh, a huge cast of characters, and if they focused on a character, you really felt like you understood it. They weren't cardboard cutout characters. They did an amazing job with. Of course, it so, was Bruce Tim and that team that did the Batman animated series that started yeah. in the late eighties. So why why aren't they getting those guys to run the movies? Because <laughs> those guys know what they're doing. I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't. don't. Yeah, part of the problem for me here is that is that. The, the budgets being spent on these movies is just insane. You, you've already, you've, they've already proved through a few of these films now that they're fighting an uphill battle, that they don't know quite what they're doing. So why continue to throw these colossal amounts of money? Into because them? they don't not, know that. They why don't not know scale it doing. back and go? You know what? Okay, so we appreciate we're taking some risks here. We don't know quite what we're doing. So let's at least bring the budgets down to to a point where the film doesn't have to go absolutely gangbusters against the competition in order just to break even. Because they don't know that they don't know what they're doing, David. That's the problem. They don't know that they're clueless. Yeah, but how how can they not know? Because surely any any half decent businessman knows. You try something, it fails. You reorganize. You try something again, it fails. You reorganize. Well, that's They've what they're done, doing. Been through this three or four times now. Right, and they're doing it again right now. Yeah, exactly. And, and so they're like, well, so they're going to shake even things a, up. Even a you know, a stupid businessman like Donald Trump would recognize that doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results each time, is ridiculous. I don't think Donald Trump does know that actually. Um, <laughs> probably, probably too stupid to even realize yeah, that. Yes, <laughs> guy's an idiot. Um, I, I don't understand how you could. And you're right. <clears throat> there was a lot of criticism for Zack Snyder's Superman, and then they give him Batman versus Superman. And that was fine. I don't need another freaking origin story of Batman. And it's an older Batman. He's been doing it. fine. I I can I get that. Yeah. But it was a it was a commercial disappointment, and it was just shredded by the fans and the critics. And then they give him Justice League too. What are you stupid? Yeah. Are you just dumb? I know. It's got it's got to be stupidity. It's got to be, yeah. well, we don't want to copy Marvel. Why? Why don't you want to copy Marvel? Because you don't want to make a lot of money? I don't. Yeah. No, well, we don't want to do what Marvel's doing. Why? Out Marvel Marvel. No, we're going to go dark. You're going to go dark with Superman? Are you kidding me? What are you stupid? Well, never mind. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it blows me away. Um, there were some really good moments in Justice League that I really enjoyed. The chief among them is when Flash goes after Superman. They reanimate Superman. He comes back to life in the most convoluted hot tub way you can possibly imagine. It was just it was so stupid. And I'm putting aside the digging up the corpse thing. Because I thought Superman didn't really die because you see the dirt moving at the end of Batman. Yeah, well, they, they kind of didn't really address that. Um, and, or um, Flash coming out of the screen going, Bruce, nothing. No, they're just going to pretend. Yeah, it really I, 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 well, I, there's a lot, lot of problems with Batman versus Superman that were trying to world build in a, in a bad way. But um, here's Superman <laughs> taking on the Justice League single-handedly just it's not even a fair fight. Even the whole Justice League against Superman, Superman's just, it's, they can't, they can't compete. And so the Flash enters the fry, thinking he's going to go so fast that Superman can't do anything against that speed, but yet he can. 
And yeah, it, all of a sudden, the Flash is is used to basically seeing people virtually stuck in time while he's running around them, and then all of a sudden, Superman is moving just as fast. You know what? Aspects of that were exactly, and and we'll never know what Joss Whedon did, who who came in to finish the film after Zack Snyder had to leave. Um, we'll never know what he did versus what Snyder was going to do. Right. But um, those were the sort of moments where I thought the film worked best. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and what I find interesting is those are the sorts of moment, moments where you have thrown all that darkness out. You mm-hmm. have thrown all that um, bleak attitude out. But the problem is, is yes, yeah, structurally, there was these huge problems because you've just illustrated the, the major fundamental flaw in the entire film. Yeah, right. because the Justice League is not all about one character being better than everyone else. It's not all about just Superman. No, yeah? it's it, about, the whole thing is a genuine together. team effort. Yeah, and yet if you have, you've basically set it up so that so that these guys cannot do anything against Superman, and th- and then what happens at the end of the movie? They're all getting their backsides kicked until Superman shows up. Yep, and then and then and then he finishes the fight off in about two minutes. Yeah, the main baddie has no chance against Superman. None. Yeah, you know, but but he's he's uh, more than holding his own against the rest of them, and it's perfectly clear they're not going to win without Superman being there. I've read quite a few reviews, and one of the negatives that I kept reading about was Aquaman. They're like, uh, he's just a bro character. He's terrible. Actually, I thought the Aquaman character was probably, to me, the most interesting. The least interesting was Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. I, I could care. Oh, great. Another brooding, why am I a monster character? Yeah, yeah I've never because seen that Because that, that was the point. Is because the, the way that uh, Jason Momoa chose to portray Aquaman is basically a guy who does not care. He right. cares about the things he cares about, and he does not care about anything else. And to be honest with you, that's kind of what you what most of us expect superheroes to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, I, I they, thought his character was they great. They care about the things they care about, and everything else is irrelevant to yep. them. I thought it was great. I thought the underwater stuff with him going back to Atlantis was superfluous and not needed. I didn't care. It was boring. Uh, But the stuff where it's just them talking, that's where that movie works the best. When he's sitting on Wonder Woman's lasso and not realizing it, and he's sitting there (laughs) confessing his, that was so great. You're like, wow, this is, I wasn't expecting this. And they're all like pointing down like you're sitting on her lasso and he gets up. (laughs) That was so great. Uh, that was yeah. to me. That was a highlight of the movie. I was like, "That's and, and, more yeah, of and, that." And to and me, that's, that's probably that probably is just. Oh no question. No, there's no dialogue, question. Dialogue writing and and ensemble conversations are his speciality. And there's some funny stuff. I mean, you know, Aquaman shows up to talk to Gordon with, and he's like, yeah, "Dress like a bat." I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that. I like when the Justice League just disappears. Gordon turns around and flashes in like, wow, they just, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was yeah. some really, and yes, I'm looking forward to uh, an Aquaman movie and a Flash movie. I think those would be great. I think they have the well, beginnings of something they could actually do something with, with one provision. Zack Snyder cannot do superhero stuff anymore. He has no idea what he's doing with superheroes. He doesn't understand what a superhero is. He doesn't under, he's never read the comics. That's it's clear that he he doesn't respect any of the source material. He wants to do his own thing and he's a hell of a salesman because he he convinced Warner Brothers to let him do what he wants to do in the face of overwhelming evidence that it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. So, yep. get him out. I'm not saying Josh Wheaton. I think Josh Wheaton's style works best with Marvel. Um, but here's the thing. It, there's a guy that just announced he's leaving Marvel. And he's been with Marvel for 20 years. And he's probably their most influential creator and writer. And his name's Brian Bendis. Mm-hmm. And Brian Bendis had some stuff to do with early Marvel Studios but he clashed with uh, others, and they kind of took him off the Marvel Cinematic Universe completely. And they've still flourished. So I don't want to downplay that, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing with movies. Actually, I think he does. His own series that he owns, Powers, they did a Sony PlayStation series on. It was mm-hmm. live action. They did two seasons. It was terrible. 
and he yeah. had a lot to do with that as well. But I think that's the guy you tap to kind of head the DC Comics influence on the movies. Yeah, you know, I, I think, that, to be honest with you, the problem at the moment is that they doesn't matter what they do. There are there's they're already what six seven hundred million dollars in the hole. Yeah. If you look at if you look at Batman versus Superman and even Men of Steel to an extent, yeah, um, maybe getting on for a billion dollars in the hole if you add marketing into it. Um, and they're desperate to make all that money back. And the problem with that is that there are too many executives involved. There are yep. too many decision makers involved, yep. and that you're never getting. What you really need is to get all of those people to step away from it. Right. Uh, they, they need a, they need a Kevin Feige that's going yeah. to be in charge. At the end of the day, he's the guy. He's got a proven track record. He knows what he's doing, and everybody defers to him. Disney is very smart that they've set up these different entities. Marvel, Kevin Feige. Star Wars, Catherine. Uh, What's her last name? Catherine. uh, Kennedy. Catherine Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, it is. So you have these two people in charge of these giant properties that have an amazing track record. Now, Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy had had a track record. She's been working with Steven Spielberg for 30 years, right? Yeah. So she was kind of a proven commodity, but not not a, a universe-building thing. But so far, her first two outings have been wildly successful. You could say, well, it's Star Wars. Of course, it's going to be big and popular and make money. No, well, the, but they're I critically the good. Justice League exactly proves that point, is that you can still screw up whatever yep. the material. Yep. So they DC... Warner Brothers needs someone like that for the DC properties. They need someone like that for the Harry Potter stuff, right? That's what they need. And there's one other part of this that I want to briefly touch on because it's still speculation. I think it's going to happen. And that is Fox selling the creative division, which is television and movies. And the movies include X-Men and Fantastic Four to Disney, Hmm. which means... X-Men and Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe properly. That, to some people, is horrible because, oh, no, Disney's going to have this monopoly on. Shut up. They've, they've absolutely proven they know what they're doing. Yeah. And I want to see it. I just want to see it. Yeah. I, I, I understand where people are coming from with that. I, and I do have some problems with the way that Disney... Um, uh, well, for instance, I was flabbergasted to watch the other day a Wilkinson Sword disposable razor advertisement on the TV, which has Star Wars The Last Jedi, Jedi branding on it. And yeah. I look at that and I just think, please, really? I get you know, that, and, but and, and that aspect that's, of not, that's the thing that kind of annoys me about Disney. Yeah, but that's not but, the entertainment division. That's yeah, the marketing but, but, yeah, and all that. I, but that, well, let, let me, I'm coming on to that. I'm saying that's the... I'm willing to put up with that as long as the content continues to be top Because Because they're using that to fund these giant developments of the movies. So I, I'm with you. I can put up with that because I know what the end game is. Um, I, think that, I think that the X-Men have been completely hit or miss. The, the history at this point is just so convoluted and crazy. Give them one more outing, which is going to be Dark Phoenix, which they're already filmed, and it comes out next year. And then roll the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the whatever the next Marvel Universe thing is going to be after Infinity War. Because so much is going to change. Um, I think it could work. In fact, I look forward to it. I think it would be fantastic to do. So, let's... uh, It's speculation. Who knows what's going to happen. Um, But who wouldn't want to see Hugh Jackman teamed up with, as Wolverine... Even though I think he should not do Wolverine anymore, I think Old Man yeah. Old Man Logan was the swan a perfect swan song. That was such a good movie. Um, but who wouldn't still want to see his Wolverine with Captain America or Spider Man? I mean, oh my God, it'd be so fantastic. It would. Okay, Wiki trolling, Netscape. So this is one of those. Do you remember when Netscape was the browser? I mean, that, oh, yeah. that was... First, first one I ever used. It was the first one I ever used as well, but let's not con- 
convolute that to mean it's the first web browser. It totally wasn't. But it was the first one to get mainstream acceptance. It it got non-tech people onto the internet. You got to remember when Netscape kind of launched big in the mid-90s that the way most people got online, David, was through an online service like America Online or CompuServe, um, having a local internet provider with dial-up service was yep. very complex. Yeah, you had to... There was all different services and commands and um, interfaces and it, it was really kind of a... The, the problem with it was is that you would get online and you'd be sat there at a kind of a blinking command prompt. It's like, what do I do now? Right. It, it had no... Um, it had no visual kind of kick to it at all. Um, and basically, it, it, the, the real problem with it was completely like discoverability. Yes. Anything you, you you wanted to do online, you had to know... Where to the, go. The, the, yeah, you had, to have, you had to know the thing existed beforehand before you could find the commands to go and do it. Netscape Communications, formerly known as Netscape Communications Corporation, or just Netscape, is an American computer services company known for its web browser, Netscape Navigator. When Netscape was an independent company, its headquarters were in Mountain View, California. Netscape's web browser was once dominated, but it has lost but it has lost most of that glare to its competitors, Internet Explorer, during this first so called browser war. The usage share of Netscape has fallen from over ninety percent in the mid nineties to less than one percent by the end of two thousand and six. Netscape is created yeah. yeah. Did you remember that? I didn't even know that. No, I remember that, but I didn't even know that you could use Netscape Navigation in 2006. Well, that's kind of when it went pear-shaped. Um, yeah. Netscape is credited with creating JavaScript language, the most widely used language for client-side scripting of websites. The company is also known for developing the SSL, which is used for securing online communications that was used before its successor, TLS, took over. Netscape stock traded from 95 until 1999, when it was acquired by AOL Ugh. and a pooling of interest transaction ultimately worth US $10 billion. <laughs> yeah. at the time. That was money well spent, was yeah, it? Yeah, well, shortly before its acquisition by AOL, Netscape released the source code for its browser and created the Mozilla organization to coordinate future developments of its product. The Mozilla organization rewrote the entire browser's source code based on the Gecko rendering engine, all future Netscape releases were based on this rewritten code. The Gecko engine would later be used to power the Mozilla Foundation's Firefox browser. Under AOL, Netscape's browser development continued until December 2007, when AOL announced that the company would stop supporting Netscape browsers as of early 2008. As of 2011, AOL has continued to use the Netscape brand to market a discount internet service provider. What a inglorious end to what was once a critical piece of software and technology that really was the gap. It was the, it was the bridge that gapped from we know what this Internet thing is, but its utility is kind of worthless to us to where we are today. Netscape Navigator yeah. was amazing software in its time. I think... I think um its influence on on what the internet is now is is absolutely huge. It really shaped the way the internet um, has turned out um, because it invented some of those technologies, um, but also as well because it woke Microsoft up to what the internet could be, um, and basically completely reversed the direction of that company. Yeah. Um, and and of course that has meant that other companies like Apple, like Google, and everything have responded to that as well. So, um, you know, really was Netscape was, we wouldn't have the internet as it is today without Netscape, the company. Uh, And for the, for the, for the people behind it, um, you know, probably one of the most um, well-known is Mark Andreessen of, um, is he on Shark Tank now? Um, Yes. Is, yeah, is, uh, and, and, you know, those guys today are still, influencing the uh, tech industry because they're helping finance it all. So, um, yeah, really, really influential. 
You got to. I, I remember Netscape. I loved Netscape for a long time, and it, I remember they had tabbed browsings back browsing in the day, which was amazing. Now you couldn't have two open websites in the browsers; it just your computer couldn't do it. But you could have yeah. different tabs. Just click the tab, and your that website would load. But it also had a built-in email client that was by far and away my favorite for a long time. I loved the built-in email client in Netscape. It was fantastic. And yeah. it was one piece of software. If I'm online and also getting email, it's all right there. I loved it. It was great. But I remember when I personally made the switch from Netscape to Internet Explorer, and I think it was Internet Explorer 3 for the Mac, that it was twice the speed rendering a website than Netscape was. Mm. And I never went well. I continued to use Netscape for my email client for a while, even though I was using Internet Explorer. But it was just better. But it was also kind of unfair in that it, Microsoft bundled Internet Explorer directly in the OS. And, of course, if it's already bundled in, who's going to go and look for Netscape? Uh, and, that, and, of course, that is what – I mean, that nearly destroyed Microsoft because there was that big antitrust um Yep. Lawsuit against them. And um, they pay, had to pay a lot of money, and they very nearly went under as a result of that. So um, that and that in itself is, is, is a very important thing, because not only did it did it prevent Microsoft from considering at that, continuing at that point what had been a, viewed to be a, a virtually unstoppable rise, um, I think it, it, it made, it put a pause on the entire industry to realize that you couldn't strong arm your way into a dominant position over your competitors. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think everybody in the tech industry now remembers that, that lawsuit, uh, and, uh, is, is, is constantly aware of it when, with the things they do. Let's hope so. I mean, that's what the history is for is so we can learn from it and not repeat the mistakes, but I don't know. It doesn't seem to be working in politics right now at all. Um, no, unfortunately I liked Netscape. I, I, I think I have a little bit of a romanticized rose colored glasses version of the history with Netscape, my history with Netscape. I don't think it was as great as I remember it to be, but I do remember being kind of enamored with it. I, I really, yeah. I really, I was, I remember being disappointed when they kind of stopped being the thing anymore. Um, Netscape to me was not, not in the software offerings. Don't get me wrong, but the mindscape for me, Netscape was eclipsed by Google. Yeah. Google became what Netscape and my, see for me, Netscape was getting on the internet and that's what Google yeah. is now. When you need information, you search Google. Yes, there's Yahoo and there's other ones, the Bing, but it's a Netscape or it's a, it's a Google world. Now, back in the day, it was a Netscape world. If your if your website didn't render in Netscape, you might as well just not have a website. Yeah. And, and of course, Internet Explorer supplanted it. Yeah. Um, but in a bad way because Internet Explorer became its own standard. It which did. Fortunately, we have moved away from now, but, um, for a long time, that was a problem. A real problem, particularly if you were, you know, a user on on another platform like a Mac that, that didn't have the same version of Internet Explorer on that the Windows did. Yep. Yeah, you were just kind of SOL. Well, you were. Yeah, you were always I, a second class system. I, I remember when um, Steve Jobs announced that Internet Explorer would be the default web browser in on the Mac, and it would ship yeah. with the Mac. That was a and big you see, deal for for me, who's, who came to the Mac much much later. I came to the Mac when OS X was well established. To go back and, and fire up a, a, a Mac running um, OS nine or earlier and see Internet Explorer there has always been very very odd to me. <laughs> yeah, it was odd to us as well. But honestly, it didn't take long before Internet Explorer was just a better web browser than Netscape, and every Mac user begrudgingly had to use it because at that time there was a real dislike for Microsoft from hardcore Apple users. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, but and you were you you were forced to use it. It was just a better web browser. I think I lost David. I think he uh, fortunately dropped off from our current favorite 
communications protocol website, which is wire. <laughs> and I say that facetiously as David fires wire back up and gets back on. Did you unplug something on accident or? No, I didn't. I just crashed. Yeah. Imagine that. So with that, we should probably wrap this episode up. We're over an hour. Uh, thanks for filling in on a solo show last week, David. I hope everyone listening got to got a chance to listen to that episode. If you haven't yet, uh, go back and listen to it. Cool. I, I still have a half, well, 20 minutes or so, 15 minutes or so to listen that was, to. That last 15 minutes, were pre- I was pretty rough on you, so brace yeah. yourself. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I deserved it. Uh, we will be back next week. Of course, we do have the holiday season coming up, so... Uh, I, I don't know what schedules are going to be like. I haven't looked to see what day the holidays are on. I actually get a Saturday, a Friday, no, is it a Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday off for the three-day weekend for Christmas. So that's kind of nice. I like that. Uh, Very I don't, good. I don't know what I'm going to do with that much time. That's, that's like a major vacation for me, as you know, David. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. So I'm looking well, forward to at that. Least, at least you'll be able to enjoy your Christmas lights now. Well, my, my, my regular day off is Friday, and they're not going to let me have that Friday off. So we're going to have to figure out a yeah. day that'll record our show. We'll figure okay. it out. We'll get it done. Um, anything else before we wrap up, David? Uh, no, that's pretty much it we, for me. That I've got a few tech things bubbling along, but good. nothing that I'm ready to talk about just yet. So, well, my uh, the whole show was me talking about BNO and the Lightkeeper Pro, the the magical, amazing Lightkeeper Pro. They should the best, really best get gadget of 2017. They, I think. They, they, uh, it's right up there. They should really hire me to promote this thing yeah absolutely. or at least design yeah, get, them a new get that website. website redesign oh, for a start oh good god oh, the website just... does look like it's hello wordpress hi wordpress uh <laughs> lordy lord so we want to hear your feedback uh, the show at techfanpodcast.com that's the easiest way to get a hold of us of course we are on twitter techfanpodcast we're on the Facebook as well, Tech Fan Podcast. You can also reach me at MyMac, and David is David B. Cohen on Twitter. And yep. uh, follow both of us, all three of them. And you're bound to, well, at least you can text us, right? Because yeah. if, if, if you follow us, we'll follow you back. Let's put it you that way. You haven't heard what I said about Twitter at the end of last week's show. so. Um, but I will, despite what I said, I will pick up my, uh, if anyone tweets me. There you go. All right, David. I'll see you next week. See you then.